This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. I was wondering earlier on today, do you think dogs recognise other dogs in the street? Now, do you mean, like, recognise them as in, like, oh, I've met you before, or do you mean something else? Kind of a bit of both, but just hear out my reasoning first. So while you were out with your mum today... I was in the front room and in our front room there's a big window and you can see out of that window onto the main road and then onto the grassy bit in front. Now the dogs were going crazy any time a random dog walked past. So does a dog notice that it's another dog out there or do they just think, oh, it's something different? See, this is the thing that I wonder about like pet toys and beds. Like if you put down a dog bed on the ground... The dogs know it's their bed because they jump straight in. They make yeah. themselves at home. Like, do they know these things? Do they go, it's a dog, it's a dog bed, it's a toy for me? Like, how do they know these things? And if, say, you went to a room full of 100 dogs and Lady and Lexi, our dogs, were there and you jumbled them up, do you think they'd find each other? Uh, knowing, oh, I live with this one. Yes, Callum. Do you think so? Yeah, because, first of all, they've lived together for years. They know each other. They recognise each other's sense. They'd be able to see each other and go, yeah, that's my friend. I'm not too sure. Well, it's the same way that they can recognise different people when they walk in. Like, when my family come over, they know which people they like, which people they, like, hide away from. They get more excited with the kids. Well, Lexi does. I feel like the only way to make this work is to go to a room with a hundred dogs and see if it's going to happen. And then what happens when a big dog fight starts? Run away. Without the dogs. (laughs) (laughs) This is What Would You Do If? The podcast to answer all of your What Would You Do If? questions. It's a bit of a spooky question this week. What would you do if you were buried alive? This has always been one of my worst nightmares. Like, it's something that I've imagined and I go, no, I can't even think like that because I feel like there's no way to get out of that situation and it would just be too scary and I would just end up crying or something. So when we came up with the topic for this week's podcast, I kind of narrowed it down to there's two ways of being buried alive. Okay. First one is you're alive and someone buries you. As in, like, someone takes you, puts you in a box or a bag or something, and then puts you on the ground. Yeah. Or, the second one, and this is the scarier one, and I'll d- elaborate in a second. You're in a hospital, you're about to die, you die, you go into the coffin, then you wake up. So, both times people have decided to put you underground. Yes. Just for different reasons. But the second time is you kind of already know that that's coming because you're on your deathbed, so... You've resigned to the fact that you're going to die, but you're not knowing that you're going to wake up again. But if you're on your deathbed, then how would you come back from it alive? Well, that's the thing. It does happen. Usually it happens, though, with people who they just, like, randomly die. Like, they're not on their deathbed. They just, yeah. like, die, and then they wake up a couple of days later. There's TV shows, and I know it's a TV show, but there's TV shows where people have been pronounced dead and they're in the fridge... And then they come back to life. Do you not remember it happened in Grey's Anatomy? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to recall. Oh my god, that was like the scariest thing. Like, literally, <laughs> it was just like this old woman, like, lying down in her bed, and then people were like, oh, she moved, she moved, and then she was actually alive, and it was amazing. So, I'm gonna go through my two points in my what would you do if answer. But first, what would you do if you were buried alive? I feel like it would very much be crying. 
But then panicking because I'm crying because I know, oh my God, I'm breathing in the air too fast. I'm hyperventilating. I'm going to run out of air. And then I would just keep crying and I would end up passing out crying. Yeah. Like, you know, the way you can cry yourself to sleep. Yeah. I would cry myself to death. Oh my God. Yeah. So I feel like that's how it would go for me. Um, I remember in Riverdale, this happened like twice. <laughs> because of course, Riverdale. <laughs> So first of all, it happened where, do you remember where Archie was put in the ground and then Betty was forced by the Black Hood to throw, like, dirt on him and shovel him and be buried alive? And then the second time, I don't think you've seen this one, but spoiler alert for, like, season four, there was an episode where he was, Jughead was being bullied by Stonewall Prep. Okay. And... They kidnapped him and put him into a coffin. Yeah. So he thought he was underground, but actually he was just left in the classroom in uh, a coffin. Ah, sneaky. Locked in. Yeah, but he thought he was being buried alive. Yeah. And you thought he was being buried alive. So you'd cry a lot and probably pass out. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I'd feel like there's no interesting answer to this because... It's going to be a scary situation and I can't be like, ah, I just, I do all the things because like, I'm just going to cry. I think for me, I would be like that for the first instance, the instance of being kidnapped, put underground. <laughs> the first time that happens to me, I'll be scared. But when it yes. happens again, I'll know better. I'll be prepared. But no, obviously, if you're conscious... And someone bundles you, say, in the back of a van and then into a bag or in a box and puts you underground. You kind of know what's happening. So you kind of have to work out what you're going to do in that situation. And I feel like I would bang and make noise and try and move around and hopefully think that my kidnappers have done a bad job and I can just push the lid and it's like a really soft layer of soil and get out and I'm like yes I've escaped see what happens if they've put the coffin in the middle of like a wooded area underground you're banging and you're shouting and nobody's around to hear you then I just have to hope and pray that I still have my phone on me and you will notice that I've gone missing and you'll be able to find me through find my phone well I can't even get network service in my own work office so (laughs) If I don't hear you for hours and I'm in work, I'll just be thinking that it's that I can't get the internet. Yeah. Not that you're gone kidnapped. How long do you think it would be for me not to reply for you to get concerned? It depends on what you were doing. Like, if you're going to Tesco, then after a couple of hours, I think I'd be concerned. But if you went, oh, I'm going out for a cycle, like, you could be gone for, like, four or five hours and I just wouldn't notice. But say, like, a standard work day, I get home from work maybe half one you've been replying to me through the day uh but i've not been replying back would you be concerned by the time you finish work would you just think i was asleep see there have been times where you've gotten home from work at like half seven eight o'clock yeah so i would kind of go oh maybe he's busy in work and he just forgot to tell me what he's working on i think it would have to be like nine or ten o'clock before i start going oh my god where's Callum? by the time i should be asleep <laughs> yeah so the second instance, and it's not the second time I'm buried alive, but I really want to focus on this, being on the deathbed, getting buried, then waking up. Because, okay, ignore the statistics and the uh, physics and everything like that. It's highly unlikely that this is going to happen because the, the amount of time from you dying to you being buried in Ireland, it's a couple of days. In the UK, it can be like two weeks. Yeah, yeah. So realistically, that's not going to happen. But... 
hypothetically, if I was buried alive after I died and then woken up, people would think that I'm dead. So no one would come looking for me or anything like that. So you're already resigned to the fact that you've already died. So you really want to put yourself out of your misery quickly. I like how you said, I've already died, so nobody's going to come looking for me. Well, no, obviously. <laughs> Why would anyone <laughs> look for you? You're in the ground. Unless I've taken, like, buried treasure to the grave or something. Well, you'd like to think, though, if you've died recently, that people are going to be visiting your grave often. Oh. So if you start making noises, then maybe someone will be around here. I didn't even think of that, because obviously you said you would, like, cry yourself to death. I think I would give myself blows to the head. Oh my god. Only because it'd be quicker. I'd be dragging out the death if I was suffocating myself. But if you try and just knock yourself out... So you wouldn't even try to escape? You would just kill yourself? Because for me, you've already gone through the process of dying. You've already resigned to the fact that your life on the earth has finished. Why put yourself through it again? Just get it, get it over and done with. That would be really traumatic if they, for some reason, had to dig up your body. Oh my god! And then they find you with like a battered in head, and they're like, "He didn't die looking like this. What happened?" Yeah, I don't like the idea of this. Maybe come up with a new plan. <laughs> <laughs> we can cover it in another episode. Okay. All right. What should you do if? you get buried alive. Right, so it kind of depends on whether you're buried in a box or a coffin or if you're just literally buried in the ground, like covered in dirt. Okay. First of all, the most important thing to do is to cover your mouth with your t-shirt or your jumper, whatever you're wearing, and your nose because you don't want dirt getting in and clogging your airways. I was just about to say, obviously if you get buried in the ground with no kind of protection around you, your mouth is going to get filled up with soil pretty quickly. Yeah, so if you're buried in the ground, just pull your t-shirt up over your nose and your mouth. But if you're in a coffin, you can turn it into a makeshift mask. Ah. So that's really important to do. Um, also, don't panic because that's just going to waste your time. So that's everything that you said that you would do. Yeah, just don't do it um, because you're not going to be able to get that time back. So you really need to utilise everything that you have and time is the most important thing. Because you're going to run out of air pretty quickly, aren't you? Yeah. So if you're in the ground, then it might be actually easier for you than if you're in a coffin because you'll be able to kind of dig your way out and move the air above you and stand up. I was going to say that this is probably a stupid point. But you know when I said a minute ago about you'd probably choke from the soil? You could almost, almost like eat your way out. No, you can't. No. <laughs> that is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what you're going to want to do is if you're in soil or sand, you need to try and move your body so that you're standing up. But you have to remember, like, if you're underground, there could be like six feet of dirt on you. Oh, my God. So it's going to be really heavy. And especially if it's been raining recently or if it's raining, the water's going to be waterlogged. It's almost impossible. Yeah. Or it's likely going to be impossible for you to get out. Um, so if you're in that situation, I'm sorry, you're probably just going to die. <laughs> no, you will, though. So the thing is, people have actually done some research into seeing if you can get out of a coffin when it's underground. Yeah. So Mythbusters built a robot 
they didn't like try get someone to actually yeah. do it themselves and um, they built a robot and they put it into a plain pine coffin okay and then the robot was able to punch the amount that a standard person would be able to punch. Yeah. It took the robot a few minutes to be able to make a crack in the coffin. Mm-hmm. And this was when it wasn't even underground. It was just like lying oh, flat. Yeah. But after 600 punches, it still wasn't able to actually create a hole in the coffin. Oh my God. And that's without the pressure of earth or something on top of you. Yeah. So their thinking was it, they got it to do 600 punches because for the average person that would be 20 punches a minute for 30 minutes and they were thinking you would probably have about 30 minutes worth of air in a coffin oh my god I suppose they didn't factor in the panic time as well yeah so that's it exactly yeah so even when it was under the dirt it couldn't make a hole in the coffin so then they tried an acrylic coffin with a trap door and <laughs> <laughs> the trap door <laughs> I know just in case you're that lucky yeah. to have a trap door when you're buried alive and that allowed dirt in so the robot was able to dig its way out of two feet of dirt but it wasn't able to get its way completely out Yeah. Um, and what happened was when it was under the six feet worth of dirt the dirt ended up entering the coffin so fast and it filled so much that the robot wasn't able to do anything yeah so scientists actually disagree on how long you're going to have if you're buried alive. Some say that you would have as little as 18 minutes to get out. Oh my god. But others say that they think it would be about five and a half hours. Oh! The general- You'd rather have the five and a half hours. No, Callum, of course not. <laughs> what are you talking about? But the general idea is the smaller you are, the longer you're going to be able to survive. Because say if you're in a big coffin and you're only really small then the coffin is going to be filled with more oxygen. I see. Yeah, and you'll probably breathe in less oxygen as well. So you're going to have more air to breathe in, which gives you more time. Yeah. But the other thing is, if you're smaller, you might not necessarily be as strong as someone who is bigger. You give and then you take away. Yeah, so everyone's going to have roughly the same amount of chance of surviving. Yeah. Unless you're an Olympic athlete. Oh. Then you'll have an extra minute because of your lung capacity. (laughs) Just the one minute. I think, though, if anyone was able to get out of this kind of situation, it'd be someone like Usain Bolt. Yeah. Or someone like, like a boxer. I imagine boxers would be good at this. Yeah, you would think that a boxer would be able to punch their way out of a coffin quickly yeah. and maybe that would be one for like red nose day as a challenge <laughs> but it's like what they do on i'm a celebrity isn't it they do the kind of crypt challenges where they're underground and the snakes and the creepy crawlies come in okay we are not putting this episode up because we're gonna try and sell the idea to anton deck instead <laughs> and instead of being under six feet of dirt they can be under six feet of cockroaches Oh my god. Could you imagine? No, the stink. (laughs) It'd be amazing to watch though. So if you're not an Olympic athlete, do you actually have any chance of surviving? What should you do? So first of all, okay, I want you to imagine right now you are lying horizontally in a coffin. Okay. What you want to do first of all is start to kick at the coffin. Yeah, the roof. Yeah. No, Callum, you want to kick the bottom of it and try to dig your way down. You just said kick. Yeah, so you're kicking the lid of the coffin and you're hoping that it's wooden. Like yeah. if it's metal, you have no chance whatsoever. Okay. You literally just have to tap the SOS sign, which is bum 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 bum. That's in Morse code. 
Yeah, that's what yeah. you try and do. You just <laughs> tap the SOS sign like there's an SOS button in the coffin. <laughs> yeah, so you try and tap yeah. that if it's metal, but if it's wooden, you have some chance. Yeah. So you lie down in your coffin, you start kicking. Now you want it to be about the middle to the end of the coffin. Okay. You keep kicking that until you're able to crack a hole, okay? Ah, because you wouldn't want it at the front because the earth would fall on your face. Exactly. So you kick in the middle to the end of the coffin and then once you get a crack in it, you start pulling it with your hands. The earth will fall through. Hopefully it's going to be something easier like sand, but if it's like dirt or something, it falls through and then you try and fill up all that empty space around you. Yeah. So you move some of the dirt up to the top of your body and move it up. Well, go on. Then you get a hole eventually, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, so you try and pull as much dirt down as you can. Hopefully, you're not buried that deeply that you can actually dig your way out then. Yeah. But if you can't, you keep pulling it down. And then you try and scrunch your body up so that you're almost in a seated position. And you keep pulling that dirt in. Yeah. That gives you more room if you're seated. And then eventually, when you can't get any more dirt in, you're kind of running out of air. You have a look through that hole and you try and pull your way out. Yeah. I was thinking, as you were explaining that, I could almost imagine seeing myself in the coffin. Oh, God, I hope it doesn't happen. Trying to drag myself up and you'd, you'd hope because by kicking it, it'd loosen some of the soil and the earth up. So you'd hopefully be able to see a light to get out, wouldn't you? Yeah, the thing is, because you've been buried and you're alive, you would assume that the earth is going to be loose above you. Yeah. Because it's only recently been yes. moved. Yes. So I didn't even be, think of that. Yeah, so it should be easier to move than like when you're digging a garden normally and it's all hard and tough and you have to really shovel it. Hopefully the person who buried you isn't like a master builder or something and like put bricks or concrete over where you're buried. Because you'd be stuck then, wouldn't you? Well, you stop giving people ideas. Oh, I'm sorry. Please don't kidnap us and bury us alive. Not even us. Us. Just general people. Okay, yeah, yeah. Anyone out there. It's not good to do. Like, my fear with this podcast episode is that we're giving this information to someone and they're going, okay, that's how you escape. So, like, I'll just put them in a metal coffin. Don't use this podcast to bury someone. I'm going to say that now. It's like the time that Amazon had that book online and people started going crazy. And the book was actually like how to blow up a plane. (laughs) And there was a little book about like making makeshift bombs. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Do you think if you just put in like the podcast description, please don't use this podcast for ideas of burying people that will cover our backs? I think so. That's legal enough, isn't it? Yeah, maybe let's just contact your solicitor. Hopefully, if you've listened to this episode, you've gone, wow, that's some life-saving information that's just been podcasted into my ears here. And if you have been buried alive and got out of it, please let us know, because I would really love to speak to you. (laughs) And how are they going to do that, Colin? Well, you can find out to get in touch with us when that bit where you put all the contact information... Yeah, in the show notes, we are what would you do if podcast at gmail.com. And just as a disclaimer, we've never actually gotten an email to the podcast before. Well, we have. The inbox isn't dry, but it's mainly just like, you forgot your login contact information or here's how you get onto Headstuff Plus. Okay, so we've never gotten an email from a person. Okay, yeah, that's true. Please, if you're listening, just pop up and say hi. We're not desperate, but we'd love for you to say hello. And if you have been buried alive, 
that's even better. Not even better for you, but even better for us because we can talk to you. Yeah, we just love when our listeners have trauma, you know. And after you've emailed us, you can check out headstuffpodcast.com because we're part of the Headstuff community with loads of great podcasts on there. Yeah, so for five euro a month, you can support our podcast and up to two more. And then you get bonus content from all of the podcasts on the network. There's so much great stuff on there. If you've missed out on our bonus content, like last week, I finally watched my very first episode of Friends ever. And we got to the bottom of, did Ross really cheat on Rachel on that episode where they go, we were on a break. Yeah, we love to keep it topical and up to date. And Callum being a know-it-all decided, you know what, if anyone is the one to decide if they were on a break or if Ross cheated, then I'm going to watch one singular episode of the show and decide on this monumental moment in pop culture. There's loads of other episodes of great podcasts, there's like 30 of them on there, you can check it out at headstuffpodcast.com and we will see you on another What Would You Do If? This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.